and a big Friday May the 1st welcome on Aspen Weight Live, the home of the Friend Programme and True Friends. And talking about True Friends, I'm joined as always by the chocolate and honey-voiced Ben Eltham, who has been <laughs> demoted today to being my my assistant, as I am insisting on presenting today's show. Not least because we are joined by the legendary Viking that is Callum Waite, um, who's just walked off the set of The Last Kingdom. So those of you who haven't been keeping pace, The Last Kingdom's new out on Netflix now, and it's probably the best thing on television. Uh, Callum, Callum looks like um, Alex, Alexander Draymond's little brother. Um, the only thing is, uh, I'd say about Callum, if if a man ever wanted to march into battle, he'd want Callum next to him. Although, as I'm always pointing out, he he would get me killed because he's a bit of a berserker. But there we are. Um, Callum is uh, a bit of a fitness guru and um, home of home of great uh, quotes like "Father, you cannot outtrain a bad diet." Uh, and of course, that's very topical in today's uh, coronavirus world, with everyone sitting at home, and that's what Callum's role is today to to give us an insight and uh, some top tips on what to eat and how to look after ourselves, and in particular, so we can be just as mentally sharp and lovely like he is. So that's the idea. Before we get into the the main the main body of the show about wellness, and was that good? Do you like that, by the way? Oh, beautiful! Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it was. Thanks. It was lovely, wasn't it? It's a shame, actually. You haven't got Eva, Evie there, Callum. We could. She could be the star. I mean, it, it would get a lot of viewers if you could put dangle Evie in front of the camera. I think that would be yeah, quite a good thing to do. But I'll, I'll send out a little call to her if you like. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, for all, for all of those out there that um, that like a nice story, so um, Callum Callum and Emily have become parents for the first time uh, about for, for six weeks ago. Was it? Yeah. Six weeks on Sunday, I think. Seven weeks on Sunday. Yes, and um, they're proving to be very devoted parents. And uh, the scary thing is that Evie um, is a girl but looks like a female version of my father, which is which is truly scary. So before we get into the main body of the show today, um, Boris is back. And uh, ben, Ben's very pleased about that because he likes uh, Boris. And in fact, he, he scared me by ringing me up with a Boris thing and pretending to be Boris earlier. So... Just shows that my my colleague Mr. Eltham does have a sense of humour. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I have to I have to say I wasn't quite as depressed by Boris's um, press conference last night as I thought I might be. I think most people are still pretty much pl- plunged into doom and gloom, thinking that uh, we're looking at June now. But um, I think there was just a crack of crack of hope in some of his comments. I don't know how you how you saw that, Ben. Yeah, well, I, th- I think I, I said to you earlier that I think Boris is good at delivering that speech. So uh, even though it's it's doom and, and gloom for the country, I'm going to make out it's 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 fabulous, and 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 we'll all pull together. It's wonderful uh, this 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 thing that's going on, even though it's it's really not. And and he's good at that. So we all feel a little bit better just hearing Boris. I think. Well, apart from me, of course. Yeah, apart from you. Um... Was he said he mourned every death and he mourned every business that was crashing, and I thought that's a that's a great deal of comfort for those business owners that have lost all their business and the many thousands of people who are being unemployed. I see British Airways are um, threatening not to come back to Gatwick after the lockdown eases, uh, which yeah. is obviously pretty huge. Uh, several big several big administrations and insolvencies announced this morning. So um, at least the government have agreed that we're we're um, past the worst so i suppose that, that that is something i think there's a bit of an overreaction to uh, the threat of a second wave but there we are so interest, um sorry if i interject why uh yeah, you may interject, interject, why, why do you think that sorry why do i think what that there's um little risk of a second outbreak i didn't say there wasn't i didn't say there wasn't any risk i just said oh, i said why a little risk i no, i said there was an overreaction to it i said okay no, I'm just interested to ask, really. Yeah, no, I think that the, the, the government's the government strategy is it seems to be um, almost totally driven by uh, a, a desire to make sure the NHS doesn't get overstretched. And now we have ridiculous situations of uh, bespoke uh, bespoke places like Alexander, what it was called, the Alexander uh, facility in Bristol with 300 unused beds and 
There yeah. are some ones uh, throughout the country. Nightingale Hospital, isn't it? Is that it? Well, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's the one. Um, so, you know, we've got the situation, which obviously is, um, you know, quite relevant to me uh, in, in my world of um, cancer patients not being treated. And um, uh, I mean, like this morning I had, uh, so I had, a, I had a phone call from Musgrove Hospital from, uh, from one of the, the ladies that, um, you know, I would normally be going to see uh, talking to me on the phone, which um, I have to say from my point of view, <laughs> I probably prefer actually. <laughs> but uh, you know, joking apart, it's um, joking apart. It's, um, it's you know, it's not ideal, isn't it? So anyway, so um, obviously, I think um, even even in the government, I think I don't think anybody. Um, there's a bit of a background noise here, guys. I don't know what that what it is. So um, I don't think anybody um, underestimates the uh, psychological uh, impact of the current coronavirus uh, problem. It's mental health. I don't think there's never, there's never certainly in my lifetime, there's never been such a an obvious awareness of the importance of, of mental health. And um, because uh, because Cullen was coming on today, I thought I, I ought to do a bit of research and uh, at, at least appear to be moderately um, intelligent in listening to what he had to say. So uh, <laughs> here, for instance, there were 45,000 suicides in, in um, America from depression. Um, and one thing that's quite interesting, Callum. So I'll bring you in in a minute. So just you know, f feel free to sort of take over in a minute. One of the things I've noticed myself actually is um, I've been having uh, a lot more dreams than um, I normally would. And um, reading in reading in the press, this seems to be quite prevalent uh, at the moment. It's it's, a, it's actually commonly reported by many people, and uh, it's, it's it's I don't think it doesn't apply to me because if anything, I'm getting more for a walk at uh, seven o'clock in the morning and I go for a 10 to 20 mile bike ride at between four and six. So I don't, you know, and as obviously now I'm sitting outside, but um, apparently one of the um, main drivers behind uh, frequent dreaming and quite often sort of unusual dreams is, is being starved of light. Okay. So, hmm. That's something you know anything about? Do you know what? I, I've never heard of that before. I mean, um, obviously, I've looked into quite a lot the process of um, like REM cycles and how important sleep is to us. And I think we actually underestimate how important sleep is. Um, it's, it's shown that people that regularly get uh, at least seven hours of sleep a night actually sleep and will live longer than people that don't. Um, usually what happens is we get into uh after about four hours of sleep we'll get into a REM cycle that's when most of the sort of the good work is done in our brains um in terms of remembering everything that's happened throughout the day things like that um like rebuilding you both mentally and physically uh, i think we just we lost we lost callum for a sec there he's still there callum other than maybe maybe people are sleeping uh, people, maybe people are more disturbed in their sleep and obviously as you know a lot of people if you actually have a really good night's sleep you actually often don't remember your dreams because you you naturally finish your REM cycle you'll sort of come out of that um woken up fresh whereas if you say have a nightmare and you wake up in the middle of it and you're really yeah. startled aren't you but you really remember vividly what's just happened Yes. Um, so maybe it's just a matter of people uh, aren't sleeping as well, maybe because uh, they're worried um, or, or, you know, worried about their financial situation, worried about potential yeah. family. And uh, maybe that's the case. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's two, two things to talk about, Cal. Uh, well, I, well, you know, links into what you said. As I think I mentioned on Monday, there was a brilliant article in The Times by Matthew Syed. Uh, last last Sunday, obviously, because <laughs> it was the Sunday Times. Funny that, um, and he was commenting on the fact that nobody, when they die, ever has a cause of death uh, due to recession. You know, uh, you know, things brought about by recession. The other thing I was reading about in my preparation for today's show last night was um, was that people that have acute depression, you know, effectively their prognosis is a slow death. So pretty, pretty scary stuff, you know. Um, and this is one of the points that's been made. I think Matthew Said made the point that, um, 
you know, which, which is in sharp contrast to the government's apparent philosophy of minimising coronavirus deaths, that probably already we're starting to see um, the the I don't know what you call it the the um, the, the establishment of uh, a cycle that's going to lead to people dying early. So people perhaps who are 40 now, um, who could have lived till they're 80 and they're going to be dying when they're 60 or 55, you know, those sort of things. And of course, these sort of things are much more subtle and less easy to measure. And uh, I do I do sort of rather feel that at the moment, certain part of society is almost like a scapegoat. That makes sense. All right. Um, so anyway, so obviously mental health is is quite a big deal. And of course, you know, if we look at people who don't have gardens and uh, are, are stuck in high rise flats, what, have you got any tips for what they ought to be doing during the day or what they could do? Oh, yeah. No, j- just before I go into that, I just thought it was interesting adding on from what you were saying. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot like what um, people say, isn't it, about when when people retire and stuff. It's a uh, if you if you take away somebody's reason to live. Yeah. And often it's like, well, they won't they won't live anymore. It's like their body says like, oh, okay, then job done. Your body sort of packs in. Um, oh, it's like a, my next door neighbor Vernon, um, yeah. who just so happens knows uh, knows your mum, doesn't he? Daddy, oh. new grandmother. Um, small world. But uh, he told me that he was told 15 years ago uh, that he was basically dying. Um, and at the time, he wasn't really doing anything. He was just sort of sitting in the living room every day. You know, he was a widower. Um, you know, he was just sort of like drinking and eating his bacon. And that was it. When he got told he was going to, he was basically dying. He thought, um, oh, I'm not really going to have any of that. So he started gardening. He started He started getting up early every morning, walking about four miles, bearing in mind he's he's 86 years old now. Um, so this would have been when he was in his, you know, early 70s. He started walking four miles every morning. He'd get back and he started gardening. And I, I mean, you know, really gardening. So he was like, di- you know, just makes a ridiculous amount of food. You know, onions, potatoes, um, tomatoes, you know, just all, all his life yeah. is just spent in the garden gardening. And, uh, well, he's he's fit as a fiddle for, for a 86-year-old man. You always see him out there digging with his spade and he doesn't need a walking stick or anything like that. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, in terms of uh, getting back to your actually what your question was about people <laughs> who are fortunate enough to uh, maybe have any, you know, a garden or anything. Um, I would say, you know, looking at it on more of like a biochemistry point of view, um, it, it, the importance of having vitamin D in our diet. And obviously, I think, as as most people know, we usually get most of our vitamin D3, which is the most important type of, uh, of D vitamin, um, okay. from sunlight exposure. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so we usually absorb it through the, sky, through the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it has a lot to do with our serotonin levels, vitamin D, mm-hmm. so, which obviously is sort of uh, all responsible for our mood. So the yeah. more serotonin yep. you have in your bloodstream, the happier you are that's um i think on a subconscious level that's why a lot of people you know you think about going on holiday and sunbathing or just sitting in your yeah, back yeah. garden sunbathing, yeah. or just looking forward to those uh, summer months and it almost like you know it's you you look forward to it and you associate it with happiness and it's because it's literally yeah. it will raise your serotonin levels so it, it literally is going to make you happier um yeah, that's good. i know that some people um suffer from um is it called seasonal affective disorder as well? I, th- I always yeah, think it's yeah. a little funny because obviously yeah, it's sad, it's, uh, sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is just uh, makes makes me laugh a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so obviously that's that's obviously a lot to do with vitamin D deficiency um, and you know lowered serotonin levels. Um, the the good thing that you can do, um, and I, I don't think that vitamin D is talked enough about. I think you hear a lot of um, you hear a lot of press, probably too much press about things like vitamin C and stuff, and I'm. I'm not saying that obviously vitamin C isn't good. Obviously, I think that you should have your 100 recommend, you know, 100 recommended percent recommended daily allowance of every vitamin if you can every yeah. day. But um, you hear a lot of things about, you know, it's like you, you look at the back of everything and it's like fortified with vitamin C and everything. And you don't hear so much about vitamin D, but vitamin D is a far more important vitamin. Um, it's it's important for so many reasons. As I said, it's um, directly linked to your serotonin levels, so directly linked to your mood. 
Um, it's also on the long term more important for your health. Um, um, it's good for your uh, internal organs, vitamin D. It also uh, helps enhance the absorption of calcium, which, um, you know, just like every other cell in your body, your bones are constantly breaking down and being rebuilt. Um, but obviously, as you age, your bones get slightly, slightly more brittle as time goes on, because unfortunately, that's just aging, isn't it? That's... <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's called mineralization. That's, that's what the process is. And vitamin D will help the process of mineralization. Um, it will almost, if you like to think of it in like this analogy, it's like if calcium was a person, then vitamin D is the car that will drive, drive that person oh. to their destination. But what, more than that, as I said, it will actually enhance the absorption. So if you take, if you took in, you know, a hundred IUs of vitamin, of sort of calcium, um, and you would otherwise absorb just 50 IUs of that. And the rest would just sort of, you know, cause unfortunately we don't absorb everything we take in. You know, I, I, it's quite a strain on our digestive system, but um, vitamin D would help in, um, help you absorb a lot more of that. That's no, really, really interesting, Callum. I just had a thought listening to you, actually. So I was thinking that um, so so really, uh, you know, your number one piece of advice would be uh, people do need to try and get outside. And it just occurred to me, you know, that, um, you know, one of the things we've been quite critical uh, on our show about is, you um, lack of sympathy and humanity perhaps in some of the lockdown measures particularly for those uh less less fortunate in society and i'm just sitting there thinking while i was listening to you you know what why why aren't the government for instance looking at um areas in parks where people can actually sit comfortably while so being socially distant you know what that seems to me to be you know fundamentally important to the nation's well-being Mm. What do you think about that? Well, um, I think um, from what I've heard, I think a lot of people are going to parks, aren't they? I know that um, I follow the um, Wembden Village community, which is uh, <laughs> that's, that's the village where both me and my father went to school, as did my uncle and, and my brother as well. I know that um, a lot of people have uh, still been going there. Um, like playing football as a family and stuff because I've, I've seen that they are online because a lot of people are asking you know um, we're doing this is this okay you know a lot of people are saying um and other people are quite angry about it and have said um oh i i walked past you know i was walking my dog today to get my daily exercise and i saw <laughs> 50 people in the park um this is ridiculous and stuff so i think a lot of people are um still still going to parks um r regardless of whether technically they're being told they're allowed to or not yeah, well, my point is, is the government should be more proactive in recognising the importance of what you just said, you know, vitamin D and sunlight. And, you know, actually, um, I think I think the reason why I'm starting angry almost, you know, is, is frustration. It's not about being frustration and now it's getting worse than frustration. And I know that um, Sam, for instance, uh, agrees with this, is... Um, I, I, I think that the the um, the focus, obviously, on trying to reduce deaths is understandable, uh, and and you can understand again not wanting the NHS to be overrun. But um, when it's so clearly obvious that uh, some of the potential um, implications of that policy can be uh, severely damaging both to the economy and people's well-being for many years to come, you know, and of course. You know, if, if 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 somebody suddenly loses their job, which is starting to happen in in droves, you look in America now. I think um, thirty million, three oh million people are now unemployed in America. I mean, that no. is that is that is just crazy, you know. Um, so, you know, so I think morale is obviously morale and things like that are are hugely important. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's no, it's, it's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, obviously, uh, this is this is a this whole situation was brought on very quickly, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, uh, at the new year, nobody could have predicted that this was going to happen. Yeah, that's right. And, um, it's it's a very strange time, isn't it? And I I do I do want to I do sympathise slightly with uh, you know the powers that be with 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 um with the government because I suppose you have yeah. to walk. 
a, a, a very uh, fine tightrope, don't you, with everything that's going on? I mean, do you recklessly, you, you can't recklessly cause, you know, um, no. too many people to get ill and die. But mm. as you said, on the other hand, by, by mass employment um, and then as a result of that, you know, if a lot of people can't provide for their families or even provide for themselves and then their mental health worsens and then maybe they turn to drink and drugs and then it just makes them worse and then maybe they take their own life, you know. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Callum, I've, I've got a question for you, if you if you wouldn't if you don't mind, just on on what we've we've been talking about. Um, it, it, there's a for me there's a there's a difference as well here. I know that they correlate, but between uh, at the moment the situation and your mental health for the things that you don't get on a normal day to day basis, which is obviously going out and being able to you know like we said go to the parks, go for a walk and do things uh, and then fitness as well they're, they're, they are they do relate together but they are two different things and my example here would be there are many videos on youtube uh, joe wicks is obviously a famous one that's doing p sessions there are others that you can do as well but you do need to make sure that you tick both those boxes at the moment so i'm very lucky like paul i go out on my mountain bike um, every, every day and I get my fitness because I go up a lot of hills and do a long sort of course but I also get the sunlight and I get outdoors and that that's my well-being side of it as well as my fitness there you've got to make that distinction because if you're maybe thinking well I'm doing these fitness things I'm doing all these videos indoors but you're not then going for that walk as well that that's there's yeah. there's two things in there yeah yeah so um I just like to clarify from what I was saying earlier about the vitamin D so um, I, I read that even in America, 70% of people, this is just on a regular basis, like a normal, you know, everyday basis. This isn't during um, our current situation. Even in America, 70% of people are vitamin D deficient. Okay. So and I imagine obviously a lot more people are in Britain. Um, and I also think that um, I remember reading that uh, suicide rates were highest in um, Finland. I'm not sure if they are anymore, but they certainly were a few years ago. I'm sure, surely there must be a correlation there between the lack of sunlight and what I was saying about mm. serotonin levels and stuff. But just to clarify, I recommend that everybody supplements with vitamin D. I take 4,000 IUs of vitamin D every day. Um, I don't recommend necessarily that everyone takes that much. That's sort of on the upper end. Um, I'm quite a large person, and I also <laughs> work out very intensely. Um, the more you, you know, the harder you work out, because you know, as, as I was saying, it's very, very important in terms of your joints and your bones. So my body is probably much busier repairing all those things than somebody with a bit more of a sedentary lifestyle. But I mean, yeah. people could safely take anywhere between a thousand to four thousand IU's if you're a bigger person and you and you work out regularly every day. So I recommend everyone goes on Amazon um, and uh, order some vitamin D. There's there's a good thing about vitamin D as well is that it's, as long as you stay within that. As long as you don't overdose on it ridiculously, as I said, as long as you don't start taking, you know, like 10,000 IUs of it every day or something ridiculous like that, you, you can't overdose on it. There's no side effects to it whatsoever, you know. Um, the only side effect is that your bones will be stronger, your joints will be better and uh, you'll be a happier person because your serotonin levels will be higher. That's excellent. So um, let's um, let's sort of um, focus on a few things. So if we take diet first. So um, take, um, give us your um, views on what you shouldn't eat or, uh, you know, uh, the, sort of the things, the don'ts of, of diet and perhaps, um, you know, trying to get balance into context. Yeah, sure. So um, I think uh, j just to like tweak your question ever so slightly, yeah. we'll um, I, I think that diet can be a very, very confusing uh, subject for a lot of people. I think people hear, uh, oh, keto diet. Um, you yeah. know, you hear about paleo diet, um, you know, which is basically paleo diet, if, if nobody knows or if anybody doesn't know, is uh, obviously paleolithic. So basically the idea is we would eat everything that we would back in hunter-gatherer times because that is surely what is most natural for us. So if you can't grow it uh, or, or catch it... Kill it. Yeah. yeah then you don't eat it um it's a pretty mm -hmm. good diet you know? um but you know you, you hear about even crazy things like quite on the extreme end you've got like raw veganism which is the idea that um you know you 
don't cook food. You, you only you eat only uncooked fruit and veg, which is um, not ideal because actually cooking a lot <laughs> of uh, food actually enhances the the um, nutrient absorption ability of those foods. Um, and then you've got um, to, I, I always say like extremism breeds extremism. I mean, you get find that in politics and also in even in like diet culture. So nowadays, almost like to combat the raw veganism, you've now got the carnivore diet, the carnivore diet, um, which is where people literally just eat meat. And a lot mm. of people say it's done wonders for their in, intestines really? and their bowels and stuff. Yeah, I mean, some people swear by it, but I think, you know, you can find um, people that swear by just about anything if you look hard enough, yeah. can't you? So, um, I mean, if it's if it's working for there, them... Yeah, if it's working for them, then good for them. But the, the point I'm trying to make is um, that there is no such thing as when you when you see all these things like keto diet, paleo diet, you know, there's no like magic diet. You know, I think people often are looking for like a magic answer. You, I think you find that a lot in the, um, in like the fitness world and with diet. It's like, oh, you know, if you you see like fad adverts sometimes. You know, The currency signal has gone Isn't a bit more clear. Um, there we go. Yeah. And uh, in reality, it's like you need to find something that works for you, but there is no one diet that is going to be like this amazing new revolutionary thing, you know, that's going to like solve all your answers. If a well-rounded, healthy diet will always be the best diet, um, you know, which means, you know, like healthy carbs, healthy protein, healthy fats you know a nice wide variety um you know almost like what like the almost like what you would uh, think of i suppose stereotypically like back in the day what they would prescribe as like a healthy diet mm. is actually the best diet. and the reason why i think that's funny in a way is because people often like to look beyond things and think oh no there's like this new secret way of doing things and they're not actually telling us you know, they're not actually telling us the really good, the juicy stuff. Um, and there's actually, there's this new person that you can find online that's got this blog and there's some crazy guru. And they're actually going to tell you, like, the really good secret information. And it's this, like, super amazing yeah, yeah. new diet. So, yeah, that's all rubbish. Reality, you know, in reality, if you eat, you know, lots of whole grains, lots of fruit and veg, um, lots of, like, healthy protein, you know, fish um, and, like, to be honest, there's a place in your diet for all meats, you know, lots of good meats. Um, I think, you know, um, don't eat too much red meat in your diet. And that's coming from me who's eating a lot of red meat in their life. Yeah, but, uh, but there's um, as I said, a nice, well-rounded diet. So with, with like the red meat thing, because I know there's a lot of controversy with red meat. Some people think it's bad. Some people think it's really good. Um in terms of its nutritional content, you can't really find anything in nature that's more packed full of uh, vitamins and minerals and, than uh, red meat. It's absolutely stacked full of vitamins and minerals. In terms of getting your bang for your buck, in terms of if you were just going to eat something and get loads of good stuff into your body, then red meat would be great. Um, the controversy is, is that there's a lot of, uh, lots of data that shows that it can increase the chance of uh, bowel cancer. Um, yes. And I read I read a book about this. Um, but what was interesting is is the healthiest apparently the the people the healthiest people the people with the healthiest bowels and just healthy in general are people that do actually have like a limited amount of red diet, uh, red meat in their diet. So if you ate red meat once a week, you would be healthier than if you didn't eat red meat at all. But on the other side of that, you would be most unhealthy if you ate red meat every single day yeah yeah so i think that just goes to say you want to have everything in variation um but as i said there's no there's no magic diet um it, a lot of it is what suits the individual so if keto suits you so the keto diet is you know like high fats and proteins and eliminating carbs if that suits you because you just really love cheese and yeah. and you know, if you just really love cheese and bacon and steak and you are going to fit your calories every day by that and you find that really manageable because you don't care about eating bread and rice and 
potatoes, then good for yeah. you. You know, if that works for you, that's great. Um, so in terms of a good diet, I would say find what works for you. Um, if you want to talk about talk about an optimally healthy diet, then I would say make sure you're getting in your omega-3 essential fatty acids. You want to be taking in the broadest spectrum of vitamins and minerals as possible. Um, don't neglect any of your macros. So your macronutrients are protein, fats, and carbs. Um, and, you know, be sensible for yourself. I mean, I think you should yeah, know really how much you should eat, you know. Obviously, like, a large man is going to need to eat more than a small woman, you know. So eat yeah. appropriate for yourself. Um, eat a nice, well-rounded diet. Um do you guys have any questions about any like particular foods or like particular diets that you'd be interested in talking about? Well, I, th I think, you know, obviously we, 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 we don't have unlimited time. So I think um, the thing that came to mind for me was um, comes back to the point I made where I sort of did my Callum quote, um, you know, being, being specific to um, health and nutrition inside the lockdown period. It seems to me there's there's a couple of different points here. You know, you've been talking very eloquently about, um, you know, vitamins and 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 uh, optimal diet, should we say? But on a more basic level, um, it's quite simple, isn't it? You know, if you said that a, a largish man needs two and a half thousand calories, then you mustn't eat more than two and a half thousand calories of food every day. And if you right. consist, and if you consistently eat more than two and a half thousand calories, you will put on weight. You eat less than two and a half thousand calories, you will lose weight. That's correct. Yeah, and I think that's um, I think that's one thing that um, people overcomplicate things for themselves. And um, regardless of what diet you are on and what you are eating, calories in versus calories out will always be the main thing, in both in terms of energy levels and in terms of you putting on or losing weight. So, I think. Uh, I think a lot of people look, as I said, for like magic foods or like magic ways of doing things. Like, you know, if you eat if you eat five thousand calories of broccoli a day, you know, mm. you're going to put on weight than if you eat one thousand calories worth of bacon. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, God knows how awful it would be to try and eat five thousand calories worth of broccoli a day. You probably yeah, that'd, be, that'd be a forest, <laughs> a forest of broccoli. Okay. Yeah, you would, be very, you would be a very popular person. You'd also probably be very miserable. The amount you'd have to shuffle in—you literally, you'd be looking at mountains of broccoli. But um, Callum, let's put break, break. I think Ben's got a point. So um, I, I just wanted to, yeah, just one question I wanted to to sort of throw in there was: um, I'm quite into fitness and health, and I always have been surrounded by a few people that that, that do it for for a living as well. And one of the things they've always said to me is especially it's relevant to the lockdown because it's it's about being healthy but consistency is key so your body will if you if you do a huge workout one day and you just think oh i need to do that i'm going to do this huge workout your body then when it gets food will store more food because it thinks that's what's going to happen every day so you are better being consistent with both your eating and your workout than you are just sporadically doing, I've got to get three hours in here because I haven't done anything for a week. Cause otherwise your body is never going to know how much food it stores. And I uh, just wanted to, 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 to ask a little bit about your, your advice with that as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think this is why a lot of people get put off by fitness. Cause I think they, they big it up in their heads. Um, you know, for people that don't, don't usually train, but they, you know, they like the idea of it. Maybe they're a bit intimidated by it. Um, they think, oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to work out, I'm going to work out. Um, and they really, really pick it up in their heads. And then they work out and they, they nearly kill themselves. And they think, cool, that, that was just too much to handle. I don't know how people do that every day. Um, you know, screw that. I'm not doing that anymore. It's way <laughs> easier to just play for and watch my favorite program or something. Whereas, as you were saying, Ben, the, the most important thing is consistency. Um, people talk about it in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, I follow this guy called Pat McNamara, who's like an ex-Black Ops guy, and he just calls it greasing the groove. So, you know, don't kill yourself every day. It's cool. He, he, he says uh, it's called fitness, not brokenness, which I think is ah. quite a good way to put it, you know. Um, but you don't need to kill yourself. Um, you know, we're not all sadomasochists, you know. <laughs> you don't have to be, like, ridiculously Spartan. You just want to keep moving. You know, you want to keep moving. So, yeah. I was, I was just going to come in there. I'm just going to come in there if you don't mind, Callum. I mean, I think um, 
again, if we go back to the sort of wider agenda today about talking about all round, all round wellness, if I might call it that. I mean, just just sort of coming closer to home for a minute, you know, as you know, um, from quite an early age, you know, I, I, I probably cycled, um, I don't know, 200 miles a week or something, uh, week in, week out, regardless of the weather. And I would say that, um, and, and, and particularly now, actually, as, as obviously my body is less able to um, perform to a higher level and my expectations of, of what I want to get out of my exercise have dropped. Uh, I would say, even when I was younger, the single, the single biggest benefit to me from my bike ride was mental well-being. So, mm-hmm. obviously, in the very stressful days of building my business and coping with um, bad decisions I'd made, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I always used to say to myself, and it took me about ten miles to get to some degree of uh, balance in my brain. So, I'd, mm-hmm. you know, I'd start out the brain, I start out my cycle ride being stressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I always used to reckon it used to take me about 10 miles before I found myself and then managed to get into a okay. and mm-hmm. as you know um, in the early days well I'll tell you the early days you know, right up to probably uh, five or six years ago probably most of the best ideas I ever ca- I ever had came out of my bike ride now yeah. I think in terms, in terms of um, Paul of today for instance as a 60 year old man I would say that um, one could not overestimate the importance of my one-hour bike ride, mm-hmm. and I think I think I think the the importance is more mental than physical. Personally, so just I just thought I wonder what you thought about that as a you know as a concept or thought, thought process. No, definitely. I mean, you've just made me um, remember something that I read a while back. Um, I can't remember the, the processes behind this, which um, frustrates me because um, I think that you're like this as well, Pops. Um, I like to, when somebody says something, I like them to explain exactly why that is, not just tell me, you know, the end result. But it's, it's been proven that uh, people that exercise regularly, you know, it will make you smarter. So I can't, as I said, I, yeah. unfortunately, I can't remember the function yeah. behind that, why that is. But if you exercise regularly, it will make you smarter. Something to do with the neurons in your brain, like how how yeah. they how fast they replace. Because it was exactly the same as I was saying about earlier about your bones and mineralization. Unfortunately, neurons die, um, and as we age, you know, for every sort of like um, two neurons that die, only one will get replaced. Um, that's you know, that's unfortunately, just like you know, natural degradation. Um, exercise can halt and reverse this exercise is the best thing to keep you young i mean um i think say like somebody like my uncle dom is a great example of this is yeah. um that so um i mean obviously yeah uh, he's uh nearly 50 years old um i mean especially if you look at him he, he looks great in general but especially if you looked at him mm. from the neck down you could think you could literally think he was like a 25 year old guy couldn't you but he's ripped isn't that's, he that's, yeah, absolutely ripped ripped to shreds i mean you, you could you could a hundred percent believe he's a 25 year old man mm. it's, it's um so the uh the age reversing effects or not the age reversing effects but um you know in terms of keeping you young exercise is second to none and that's uh what you know on, on the mental side of things as well as the physical and um as i said a, a bit about uh sunlight earlier and vitamin d um so a lot of people call it the runner's high um it doesn't matter what exercise you do. Your body releases things called endorphins into your into your bloodstream, and it's basically just a happy hormone. Um, I, I know certainly. I'm, I'm. I mean, obviously, it's not addictive. Your body has it in, in it stored anyway. But um, I'm. I mean, I'm certainly addicted to it myself. Um, mm. um, I mean, obviously, uh, I work out probably four or five times a week, very very hard. Um, mm-hmm. And there's like a uh, you know it's like one of those sayings isn't it it's like even if you are looking forward to a workout when you finished your workout you're always glad you've done it aren't you you know because you just you feel so much better physically and mentally um you definitely feel very rejuvenated those endorphins are flowing in your bloodstream um making you feel happy um it feels very refreshing doesn't it the way i always think about it myself personally i don't know if um, you you guys agree I always feel like it's almost like clearing up the cobwebs in my brain. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like if I go in there, my brain's a bit fo- mm. foggy um, and a bit fuzzy, and uh, I feel like very like fresh afterwards. As I said, the best way I can think about it is like I've, I've brushed away the cobwebs and yeah. Can I, I just can feel I, sorry? Can I, can yeah. I jump it? Sorry, sorry, Callum. I just I just say obviously, um, you know, this is the first time we've ever done a, a program on um, wellness, and obviously I think um, you know as you know I've I'm now on my third book, and um, I think you know having. Um, having played sport ever since I was three years old and um, et cetera, I think um, I can pass on some very real uh, tips. You know, this, this is, this is real stuff, not what people say in books, you know? So there's, there's two things in particular I wanted to talk about. One is, um, you know, it's undoubtedly true that allegedly as you get older, brain cells die in your brain. But I would say beyond all doubt and I, I i would i would say that i would be totally confident this is scientifically true if you took me as a person i am definitely smarter today than i was five years ago or mm-hmm. 10 years ago and i and i actually would cite um so i, I totally agree with the fitness thing you know getting out obviously I, I get a lot of fresh air and all that i would say um the biggest single reason for me becoming even smarter if it doesn't sound too arrogant is diminished alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that. I think um, if I think about, um, you know, I've always been good in meetings, for instance, but, you know, and obviously this is not something that people normally talk about. And, I, you know, one of the things, as you know, I'm I'm sort of very happy to do is to let others benefit from my mistakes. I've been in meetings uh, in the past uh, where I've completely forgot what I was going to say. And I, I can yeah. remember I got into I got into a uh, almost into a, like a panic cycle where this was starting to happen quite often. And I would say now, on the benefit of looking at how I am today, I would I would conclude I don't know this I can't prove this to you, but my my assertion would be that that was mostly caused by alcohol. Right, mm-hmm. and I think that in in my case. Um, Vastly, you know, a, a huge reduction in alcohol drinking has um, has basically uh, led to and, uh, and 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 basically just you know becoming smarter, I guess. So mm-hmm. um, so uh, I, I think the other thing I'd, I'd say I'd pass on to um, to listeners is I think it's like anything practice. So you know I know this might sound a bit. Um, some people would think this like how could you possibly want to do this but uh we 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 do a university challenge every single day uh, every mm-hmm. single day uh, every day and i think that it's now i would say beyond all doubt i probably get twice as many questions right today as i would have done 10 years ago you know so i think the fact is you can you can get smarter the, the other thing i just wanted to throw in as paul's health tip so alcohol and the other thing i can tell you as as someone that's uh suffered from um atrial fibrillation for instance is alcohol is awful for your heart mm-hmm. dreadful you know and I, again yep. you know because i because i've trained on uh, you know modern machines that have that I, there's there's a massive correlation between uh, a night out on the tiles and erratic heart the next day for instance the other thing the other thing i'd like to really beg people not to do is don't smoke uh, I've, I've, I've got to the point in my life now as someone who used to stress smoke occasionally, I, I actually regard smoking as, as, as bad as picking up a piece of cancer and eating it or something, hmm. you know, if that doesn't, if that makes sense. So I think, I think that, um, anyone that smokes consistently is an absolute idiot personally. I, uh, and, and I think that alcohol is a great thing, uh, but. It, it's it's not a, it's like you said about meat you know it's, it's like the, it's, it's analogy there you know yeah uh, so if you said you know if you said you know have a nice drink once a week or something or you know if yeah. you're if you're if you're a lady that likes a glass of wine maybe have a have one glass of wine five times a week you know or whatever it is so anyway that was just that was just paul's practical uh tips it's funny if, so, yeah it's funny paul when i was listening to you talk i i, I couldn't not say and of course i know this goes for you as well we're not we're not taking any sort of moral high ground on what you shouldn't shouldn't do or how how you live your life but these these sort of tips and real life um things are so important and and i don't mind saying on here that i um i don't drink i've probably had um the equivalent of two bottles of 
Budweiser in 15 years. I, I don't drink at all. I've never smoked. And there is definitely a correlation. When I played football up until I was about 30, I could play three games in a row and I'd be sprinting around at the end of the game as the fittest person on the pitches. And I've always been able to be fit and healthy, touch wood. And, and that is, there's definitely such a correlation between that and drinking, like you said, and, and smoke. I know it's obvious. It's an obvious thing to say, but it's, um, it's so interesting when you, when you do look at it. And there's a lot of people I find that want to be fit, want to be healthy, want to do this and they find that they can't do it and they're tired and they it, it affects them and drink is the single single biggest thing and I, I know Callum will probably want to have the uh, a, a small thought on this but but it just is <laughs> and if you like to drink and you're and you're there going well you know what I like a drink that's fine but you've got to try and find a balance whereby you can let yourself um, get the fitness in because that drink will affect it massively. Yeah. Um. In a minute, just out of interest, I want to ask you, uh, Ben, why uh, why have you not had more than two Budweisers in the last 15 years? Is, is there, I, I, I do, want, I do want to touch on, uh, more in depth on like the uh, on you know, alcohol, my own views on it. But I just want to ask, just out of interest, why is why is that? Do you just do you just not like drinking, or is there? Did you have a bad experience with it? What is it? So, I mean, for, for me, obviously, it's got easier. As uh, 10, 15 years ago, when you told people you, you didn't drink, it, uh, they looked at you as if you were, I mean, you were just, they were flabbergasted. N- now, I have to say, especially with um, Gen Z and everything, people, people don't drink as much. I don't, I, that's my opinion. I think I find that you have a conversation around a dinner table and there'll be two or three other people that don't really drink. Um, as 10 years ago, I... 15 years ago I think that would have been very rare for me I grew up as a DJ and um, I was very fortunate when I was 15 to be warming up in clubs and I wasn't allowed to touch any drink obviously then Um, and I was very good at it and I DJed through my teenage years and and early 20s and I saw everybody else and how they were obviously I was driving a lot driving my friends to gigs and I just I didn't do it I didn't go out on the big nights out when I was younger to get into it and I saw the behavior of certain people at the end of nights uh, after it um and uh and, and that was really it for me and unfortunately when I was younger one of my friends passed away um which was kind of due, due to a drink uh related as well so um for me it was just something that I never got into never felt the need to and I loved fitness loved football loved mountain biking loved things like that and I've uh, uh there's probably um the, the the like to be in control as well comes down to that if you wanted to get into a psychology session but that's the that's the highlights anyway <laughs> No, no, I think that's I think that's very interesting, and um, I think yeah, when you are sober yourself and you're around a bunch of people that are trolleyed, it's um, it's <laughs> quite an experience, isn't it? It doesn't it it doesn't really seem it seems very unglamorous at the time, doesn't it? And you sort of think, cool, this is quite cringeworthy actually, seeing everyone's like falling uh, ass over tit, and uh, you know people have got their head in the gutter and they're they're stammering and and dribbling and oh, they've got the face <laughs> in their kebab. It doesn't, it doesn't I, think seem got, attractive, I think we got. I think we got the idea there, Callum. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. I think, the, I think the kebab was one one reference too many for me. I think the one thing I will say is sort of just to relate it back to to business and things is I think if you, I would I would add you know if you eat well and you cut down on your drink and you are healthy and one thing I have always noticed is that you know I I've always been able to work and get places in my life and and do things because you can you've just got so much more energy you've got your so your brain power everything about you know having a good lifestyle it seems such an obvious thing to say but it really does make you so much better at everything that you do and you've touched on it Callum a couple yeah, of times yeah. with, with with you know your, 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 how your brain works so yeah really important really important yeah, yeah definitely so and I, I think you know both uh, me and you know a lot about that as well don't we Pops I mean um the weights traditionally are a very heavily drinking family. Um, <laughs> I mean, both both myself and you, Dad, weren't we? We were brought up really. Um, you know, you go to the pub, you drink, you'd arm wrestle, you yeah. you play fight. You know, you, you'd wrestle. You know, with all the other men in the family. You know, it's quite it was <laughs> quite like a, a very masculine environment, I guess. You know, yeah. It was it was almost a bit of like that typical sounds sound silly in some ways, um, but you know it was almost like you know the more you can drink and the better of an arm wrestler you are, the more of a man you are, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, 
I myself, you know, I, I like to have a drink. Um, I grew up probably uh, drinking too much when I started going out on my own. I looked a lot older than I than I was when I was 16. Yeah. Um, and I, I used to drink quite a lot and I got myself into quite a lot of trouble. Um, I think it's silly to, to you know, regret any of your past mistakes. Obviously, you learn from them and it's, it makes you who you are today. But, I mean, my, myself, I I don't... Some, month, some months, I don't drink at all. Um, I certainly never get drunk. If I do get, like, a bit tipsy, I'm talking sort of, like, once, maybe twice a year. I like to have a whiskey. I like to have a glass of Belvany. Um, <laughs> maybe once a week. Maybe once a fortnight. Who knows? I do enjoy it. It's like, as you said, Dad. Maybe, it's, I mean, certainly not on the on the nutritional side of things, but similar in terms of uh, the red meat consumption. In terms of, you know, maybe like once a week or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely, I definitely enjoy that. Um, but uh, just to um, touch more on on um, the science behind uh, on alcohol and its negative effects. Um, so. Your body will always be in sort of one of two states, and it'll either be in an anabolic state or it'll be in a catabolic state. And uh, catabolic really isn't good. So uh, when you're in a catabolic state, your body is literally almost like eating itself. It sounds like quite a crazy way to put it, but you're sort yeah. of you're, it's eating muscle, um, and it's brought on by lots of things like cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So when you drink, even though you might be feeling good at the time and you're actually sort of getting numb to the world and thinking, oh, this is great, your yeah, cortisol yeah. levels, basically your stress hormones, are actually rising, which is terribly damaging to your body. And it hit, gets right back in with what you were saying about how, um, you know, depression and it, you know, can be referred to as sort of like a slow death, you know? The, the more the more stress your body is carrying, I mean, that's going to have a, a, such a negative effect on all of your internal organs, you know, you know, your, your heart, probably the most obvious one. Um, I also think that it's not um, good to mention as well, obviously, like I think most people know that um, alcohol is a sedative, so it slows your heart unnaturally. So anytime you're taking a substance and it's either speeding up your heart or slowing it down unnaturally, I mean, your body has to then compensate with that. And I think we we put a lot of unnecessary stress on our bodies and we, we punish ourselves quite a lot. I mean, I think I often think like, you know, our bodies must be screaming at, our, at us when we're doing these things like, oh, please just give me a break. You know, like I now yeah. get my heart back normal. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I've, you know it's like Jono said yesterday about how shocked he was um, about all these people lining up for McDonald's. Was it in New Zealand? And he was just like beside himself. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you eat all this absolute rubbish and your body's like dying inside, you know. It must be like, I've got to process all this and somehow still try and make you a healthy person. You know, it's like, it's you know, be, be kind to your body. Get fresh air, exercise, you know, don't smoke, don't drink too much, you know. Certainly don't, you know, try not to get drunk, you know. <laughs> you know? And uh, if it is, make it a rare occurrence. If you like to have a drink, have the odd drink here and there. You are in control of yourself. You know, as as a proud person, I see it almost as like a stubbornness thing. So for me, <laughs> I don't like the thought that any anything is in control of me. I'm in control of me. So I'm not going to be uh, a slave to some want and need. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I, I have to have a drink or I have to. You know, I'm just going to break down as a person. That to me, that just sounds really silly, you know. Um, okay. You know, you're you're in control. Do what's best for you and your family and your loved ones in the long term, and that is you making sure that you're healthy. You know, good, well-rounded diet, lots of fresh air. Don't drink, don't smoke, kids. Well, I think I'm very mindful that um, that my boss, Mr. Eltham, uh, normally likes the streams to be a bit uh, uh, not quite as long as we've gone on today, but. Um, I think um, that was a brilliant conclusion, um, Callum, and, and thank you so much for um, very well-rounded and insightful uh, view on 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 all things uh, nutrition, uh, wellness, etc., and a, a very good appreciation of um, the, the sort of chemical and mineral side of it, may we say. Um, just doing a bit of self-promotion for Asper Weight here, so uh, it's a big day for us because Asper Weight Radio is being launched at four o'clock today. Um, and uh, it's quite a momentous day in, in our lives. Um, 
Callum, uh, I'm hoping that Callum will be a regular feature on uh, my own show, which uh, starts in two weeks' time. Um, and uh, we're going to really focus on uh, all the things that Callum's passionate about. But that will also include uh, ooh, talking about uh, things like what happened in Last Kingdom last night and Lost Kingdom last night and um, uh, our, our, our great um, love of, of history. And Callum and I are intending to do a, a series on the Aspen Wake channel uh, to do with all sorts of things, historical as well. <laughs> Very good, mate. Um, so, um, yeah, so uh, Callum's not going to be a stranger on um, Aspen Wake Radio and Aspen Wake Live. Um, I, I, clearly, today we only really touched the surface in terms of what we could have talked about. We could have gone on for hours and hours and hours. But I think, as a, an introduction to your good self and uh, the clear uh, mastery you have of your subject, it's been fantastic. So, thank you so much for that, young man. Um, Do you mind if I? I uh, Thanks th 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 very much, chaps. Do you mind if I just really, just quickly want to round up? Because I know things can be made very complicated <laughs> time. So, just to round up, I just want to yep. say, everyone, please get free supplement D3. Um, and as Ben was saying earlier, um, you know, when you exercise, uh, eat appropriately for you. You know, obviously, if you're trying to lose weight, be in a calorie deficit. If you burn a thousand calories and you don't want to lose any weight, then take that into account when, um, you know, you're sorting out your, your daily calorie intake. Um, and that's what I wanted to say, really, just yeah. in terms of eat a well-rounded diet, eat calories that are appropriate for you. You know, um, if you the more you exercise, the more you're going to have to eat. Um, and yeah, just to eat appropriately for you. But as I said, I think in terms of uh, the current sort of pandemic and, you know, the lack of sunshine for certain people and, and mental health, um, order a vitamin D3 supplement. And uh, yeah, thanks very much, chaps, for having me on. Yeah. I look forward to doing it. No, the, other, the, other th the other thing which um, I, must, I must mention, which is, um, I think comes back to uh, the, um, the versatility and um, massive resource we have as a as a network and a group of friends so um as well as being um uh the man i would most march into battle with uh being the great viking that he is uh the other thing is is um he's incredibly uh talented um a very foolish young man as well because i remember since in a in a guitar shop in bristol I don't know, do you remember how old you were about 16 i think 15 uh, 15 and you wanted a guitar that cost an awful lot of money so I said, was it 1200 was it i said to callum i said to callum um i'll buy you the guitar but you've got to give me 98 percent of your lifetime's earnings it was something like that wasn't it, yeah, uh, and, I, it was, yeah. and i said you've got to promise me that you will give me 98 percent of your lifetime's earnings or i won't buy you a guitar is that the one there that's it that's, that's fantastic isn't it so um, it's one of the greatest know so um, one of the things you must do, um, people listening today, check out um, Cullum uh, both on his own and with Drew um, in their fascinatingly titled Mystical Bards of Solitude uh, is their band. So I repeat that, Mystical Bards of Mystic. Solitude. Myst uh, Mystic Bards of Solitude. Well, I think Mystical's better, actually, but there we are. I've just improved it for you. So it's actually Mystic Bards of Solitude. Um, and it's um, usually the, the stuff they sing is um, quite acoustic. Um, Callum's got a, 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 an unusually good voice, which he obviously he, he inherits from me. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, it's actually, um, actually really, really good. And the two of them together. And of course, Drew's also very successful independently. So um, yeah, do check that out. Paul, Paul, I just wanted to say uh, before you round up, because I know you've got a song to choose and you're going to uh, yeah. finish it. There's a, two, a couple of things I wanted to say. First of all, um, yeah, for anybody um, wondering and um, watching this, uh, uh, Galaxy is my vice. I love a Galaxy uh, bar. We're, we're not, none of us are perfect. <laughs> we all have things. So just because I don't drink, don't think that I don't have uh, things like that because right. I love uh, a Galaxy. Um, uh, do... As, as Paul already mentioned, just wanted to say, uh, you know, massive day for us today. You can get listening to the radio. The radio has its own player on its own website. The easiest way to find it right now is to search uh, for our website, aspenweight.co.uk. 
and uh, there's a link on there. It says listen now. You can just click it and uh, listen. Keep uh, abreast of all our social media channels and we'll, we'll direct you uh, over the next few hours and you can be there for the, uh, for the very start of uh, the launch of uh, radio. And don't forget to keep subscribing to our YouTube channel and our podcast. And that is it from me. Thanks, Paul. Yes, I've, I've hugely enjoyed being the presenter today and you being in your rightful place as my assistant. I think <laughs> yeah. That is a, the natural order of the world. So uh, I, I rather I rather liking that. Yeah, me too. It's nice. It's been nice. You you go and enjoy your galaxy and um, Callum <laughs> will have uh, a, a bo- boiled salmon with broccoli or something, knowing him. So uh, I'm sure he's got that to look forward to. Anyway, so closing today on a very long show. Uh, which just goes to show the weights are very good at talking, I think, as, apart from fighting and drinking. Um, so we're up to uh, P on the A to Z to pop. And for me, there was only one choice, uh, which was Primal Scream. Uh, so um, well, yeah, one of the one of the great bands of all time, one of the great uh, male rock voices in Eddie Vedder. Um, Pearl, Jam. Pearl Jam, sorry. <laughs> Ah, you can tell it's live. It's not Primal Scream, it's Pearl Jam. There we are. Just as well, we have our live, live audience of two uh, correcting uh, Mr. Dumwit here. So actually, we're actually picking <laughs> Pearl Jam uh, and uh, the immortal Eddie Vedder. Um, number of fantastic songs, but um, as as we all know from my, um, my daily machinations um, about um, things that I really like in songs, most of the songs I like have uh, some some fantastic lyric that I really like, and in 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 this great song, even flow, uh, I just love the reference to butterflies, and uh, he don't know, and he chases them away, uh, and the lyrics generally are just worth a really good read because they're they're fascinating. So I think um, even flow by by Pearl Jam, not by Primal Scream, is 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 probably one of the best rock tracks of all time, and it's. Uh, and it's uh, an obvious choice for today. So thanks for watching or listening, whatever you're doing, uh, whatever time of the day. Thanks for all of you that are supporting us and, and all those that you're going to. Have a fantastic weekend. The sun's going to be out a bit. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.